and welcome to the Big Happy Life podcast. I'm Natalie Britt, and this week we're talking about mastering the mind. And I'm looking at a specific type of mastery, which is our resilience, our ability to bounce back when life knocks us on our butts. This episode takes a little break from the question, how good is it possible to feel, and the series that was all around that question, and returns focus to the main three goals that the podcast has always had to help us feel in control, to help us weather the tough stuff, and to help us do things that make us great role models for our kids. It's not a full departure from how good is it possible to feel, because being able to master your mind is certainly one of the most important and foundational pieces that allows us to feel as good as it's possible to feel. And let's face it, if you're really good at bouncing back when life knocks you, then you're likely to return to the best it's possible to feel much more easily. So I suppose technically I'm not moving away from that topic, but since I'm not aiming to actually answer that question in this episode, I am saying it's a departure from that. But fear not, if you are looking for answers to that question, I still have some amazing episodes coming your way where I'll be talking to people like David Florence, who is the owner of Evolution of Dave. He is a breath coach. And he's been on this kind of evolutionary journey to kind of evolve into the strongest, best version of himself and shared his lessons as he's gone. So we'll be talking to him and hearing some of his great tips and some of the things he talks about with regards to breath work. And I'll also be talking to the Gavin sisters who run the Detox Barn in Suffolk, which is this amazing vegan retreat. They're a comedy duo, so the whole thing is really lighthearted. It's really fun. You have a complete digital detox, so you kind of leave your phone and spend two days with them, eating really healthy food, being nourished, mind, body, spirit. And so we'll be talking to them as well about how good it's possible to feel when you live that sort of lifestyle. For now though, mastering the mind and resilience. Here we go. Most of us think of our minds as being our brains and our thoughts. And for many of us, we take our thoughts at face value. We believe them to be true and we act upon them. But when we come to realize that we are not our minds, that we can in fact become the observers of our minds, and that we get to choose whether or not to believe what we think. We get to choose to direct our thoughts if we wanted to. If I were to ask you to give your thoughts a funny voice, to make them sound like Arnold Schwarzenegger or Mickey Mouse, you would be able to do it. If I asked you to draw your attention to that tingling at the bottom of your feet where they're touching the floor, or to the slight tingling sensations at the ends of your fingers, you would be drawn there. If I asked you to focus on your breath and notice how your breath comes into your body and where you can feel it, whether it's in your tummy or in your chest, you would be able to do it. Yet, if I said to you, don't think about a pink bear, I'm guessing you struggled with that. And before you could not think about the pink bear, the pink bear first appeared in your thoughts. Now, that's just a little trick of how our minds work because our minds can't not think about something. They first have to think about it in order to not think about it, to remove it from the thought process. In later episodes on Mastering the Mind, these are the kinds of things I will talk about. But because this episode is specifically focused on resilience, I'll leave that idea 
there and we'll come back to it another time. The key thing is to realize that we have massive control over our minds. Not 100% control as the pink bear shows, but massive control. And so our ability to master our minds, to understand them and to lead them and direct them with intention allows us to place ourselves in the driving seat of our lives. When we can master our minds, we can master our experience of life in phenomenal ways. You only need to look at things like the placebo effect to see the power of the mind. If we can heal physical symptoms using nothing but our minds, only because we believe that something is working, surely our ability to harness and master that power will put us in the best possible stead to manage our lives. Of course, if it was that simple, then we wouldn't need podcasts like this or all the self-help books that are out there trying to help us figure out how to gain this mastery. So in this episode, I wanted to share with you a couple of things that help under the heading of resilience, because I think the more resilient we are, the more we master the power of our minds and the more easily we come back when life knocks us on our butts. Until this morning, I didn't know that there are two types of resilience. I was out for a run this morning and I was listening to Feel Better, Live More, the podcast by Dr. Rangan Chatterjee. It was episode number 188 and the guest was Dr. Rahul Jandail, a brain surgeon and author of Life on a Knife's Edge and Life Lessons from a Brain Surgeon. In the episode, he was talking about preparing himself for complex surgeries and kind of getting in the headspace so that he could do his best work. But he also spoke about how he managed situations where perhaps operations didn't go to plan and that he would have to think quickly and clearly in those moments to make the best choices for his patients. The whole episode is fascinating and I'd highly recommend you have a listen, but one of the things that really stood out for me was the idea that there are two types of resilience. So Dr. Jandale spoke about systemic resilience and then also processive resilience. These are not terms I had heard before and what he said was that systemic resilience is the resilience you bring to the fight. That's the stuff that's in you already. It's what you've honed and what you've nurtured and what allows you to bounce back naturally when stuff goes wrong. But then there's process of resilience, which is the resilience you take from the fight. So it's the stuff that bolsters you and makes you stronger because of what you've been through. I loved this podcast episode so much because it really helped me understand the link between those two types of resilience and the mastery of our minds. And so that's what I want to share with you here. Because the thing I've learned about systemic resilience is that it can be built. Five years ago, when my children walked through the door and this became their home, I thought I was resilient. I thought I was everything I needed to be to be their mom and to help them through everything that awaited them and making sense of their story of adoption and all that came with that. But I broke under the weight of my own fears and my own limiting decisions and my limiting beliefs. Because until that point, I had gone with making the best of situations, but I had never learned to master my mind. I had never learned to become intentional with 
the way I thought and the way I lived. And so if things were going my way, it was very easy. But when things were not going my way, the only potential tools I had to turn to were wine and chocolate, time away, Netflix. And none of those things made me more resilient and none of those things made me a better mom. So in that first year, I ultimately became weaker. When I reached the point where it just couldn't carry on because, well, it just couldn't. <laughs> there was no option to leave things as they were and still have my kids arrive in adulthood feeling loved and safe, capable and strong, confident and all the other things that I wanted for them. So I started doing a series of things to help me. What I didn't know at the time is what I was learning was how to master my mind. And in doing that, I was building systemic resilience. So now when stuff happens, there's that little voice in my head that goes, it's okay, I trained for this, I can cope. And things just don't feel as bad. So if you're in a position where you need to build some of that resilience, here are some of the things that have worked for me. Number one, source material. Fill your head with stuff that makes your thoughts serve you better. The fact that you're listening to this podcast is already an indication that you're doing some of that. And if you find that you need more, I often do. I find that when things start to get dark in my head, I need to find source material from somewhere else that will change my perspective. So I go for things like YouTube videos, podcasts, books, webinars, blogs. There's so much good stuff out there. And of course, online algorithms really help with that now because the more you search for those sorts of things, the more those sorts of things begin to find their way to you. And so as I've taken an interest, now I barely have to search. I kind of go onto YouTube and my homepage is full of stuff that I'm going, oh, that looks good. I'll watch that. Every morning, I allow myself 10 to 15 minutes for some kind of source material that I think will help me to find a particular emotion or particular state that I would like to embody that day. So I normally set an intention depending on what I know is coming up for my day. It might be something like calm or focus or energy or something like that. And then I find source material that puts me in that state. Doing this every single day has led me to see that I have some control over my state. Not 100% control, but lot more control than I thought I did. And the more you do it, the more you will see that too. When I'm working one-to-one -one with my clients, I also encourage them to do a lot of this type of work. I encourage them to go in search of things that make them think differently, think in ways that feel really good to them, that make them feel good about themselves, that make them feel good about what they're facing and their ability to cope with it. And in the coming months, following up on an episode I recorded a while back about 60-minute retreats, I have set up a Facebook group, which is also called 60-Minute Retreats, where I'm going to be hosting group sessions for 60 minutes, where you kind of retreat from your life for an hour. And in that time, I will provide you with source material to help you drive your thoughts intentionally towards a particular mindset or a particular emotion or feeling you want to bring to your day. We'll also do some movement and I'll have a guest practitioner, a yoga practitioner, Pilates or somebody who will take us through a workout depending on what it is that we're trying to do. And then finally, we'll have a guided meditation. 
because meditation is the next thing that has been the key to building systemic resilience for me. And the reason that that has worked is, again, because it is a mind mastery practice. It's the practice that allows you to create and expand the distance between you, your mind, and your thoughts. And the more distance you get, the more control you get over them. Now, what I mean by distance is when you have distance between you and your thoughts, you can see them as just thoughts, as opposed to irrefutable truths or facts. Of course, those do exist, but when you gain distance between you and your thoughts, you see that there are many, many more thoughts that are actually options as to whether you choose to believe them, whether you choose to go down those roads, than there are facts and irrefutable truths. And meditation helps you find those spaces and allow you to separate yourself from your thoughts so that when the time comes that you need to be able to, you can gain enough distance to recognize that your thoughts might be looping and whirling and going a bit crazy, but that's one option and there are others. And when there's enough distance, it's easier to see the other options. And of course, then all that meditation has been training you for the art of letting go of the thoughts that don't serve you. Because of course, every time you sit down and meditate, you're repeatedly letting go of thoughts, letting go of thoughts, letting go of thoughts. It's not about getting good at meditation. Meditation allows you to get good at life. I heard that from a meditation teacher, but I can't remember who it was. So apologies for not citing that quote, but I think it's really really a perfect way to think about what meditation is. And when you think about how it can help you in terms of that systemic resilience, that building of what you bring to the fight, just think about, let's say, something like um, you're not confident, you feel really nervous in particular settings. Um, let's say, you know, you go on the school run, there's a group of mums, they always seem to be getting along really well, but you're standing on the outside and you just don't have the confidence to go and talk to them. In the absence of distance between you and your thoughts, you don't see the stories you're telling yourself about those mums and what they think about you. You don't see the distance and the options available to you, the choices available to you as to what stories you tell yourself about what would happen if you just walked up to them and started talking. And you don't see that your mind is probably taking situations from years ago when you were a young child and there was a group of kids you wanted to play with. And depending on how that situation worked out, you have a story about this situation decades later, but you don't realize unless you have distance that all of that stuff is packing into your experience as though it's fact and it isn't. Now, meditation doesn't change the stories, but what it does is it allows you to train your mind to be able to quiet some of that stuff so that you get to look at it and you get to decide, is this true? Do I know it's true? Do I want to act as if it's true? Do I want to keep it? And when you start doing that, you open up more choices. And that's what brings systemic resilience. That's what brings bounce back ability that you carry with you no matter what you face. Because if you think about it, talking to a mom in a playground, that's not a life crisis. But if your life is full of those kinds of experiences, the ones that keep stacking up to show you why you are less than, and you keep believing it, then that robs you of your systemic resilience. It robs you of what you bring to the fight. 
So any practice you engage in that allows you to gain that distance and to see your options and to see your stories is something that is going to build in you mastery of the mind and is going to build the resilience that you carry with you into every situation of your life. The next practice that really helps with mind mastery and really helps build systemic resilience is breath work. And I didn't understand why until recently when I did a little bit more research and I'm going to be asking Dave Florence about this when I talk to him later on in the series. But the basic gist of my understanding is that when we are chronically stressed, we breathe much more shallowly and we breathe faster. We're much more likely to be close to hyperventilation rather than just normal breathing. And what that does is it lowers the levels of carbon dioxide in the body. And when that happens, our thought processes get fuzzy and we are less able to think clearly. The mind gets jittery and anxious because the system is overloaded with oxygen in preparation for running, for running away, even though that's not specifically what this particular stressful situation may call for. So simple breathing techniques that will slow down the exhale and therefore allow your carbon dioxide levels to return to optimal will allow the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and digest system, to be able to come back online to calm the thought processes and to bring you back into a state where you can do your best thinking. The simple truth is, if at no point during any day do you do any conscious breath work, the likelihood is your mind is running off with you at various points. Unless the rest of your life is pretty zen anyway. But if you live a normal kind of western, busy, pushed for time, always on the go type of life, then the likelihood is that breath work will be one of the fastest and most productive ways to begin to master your mind to basically always have a means of calming yourself, of calming your system and bringing your best thought processes back online when you need them. Practicing this on a daily basis increases your systemic resilience and it makes it much easier for you to manage situations in ways you feel pleased about, even if they are stressful. If you're new to the concept of breathwork, a couple of places to look for information and the links to these are in the show notes, which you can find at bighappylife.co.uk. The first is Evolution of Dave, YouTube channel with Dave Florence. I've mentioned him a couple of times in this episode. The next is a book called Breath by James Nestor. Then there's also The Oxygen Advantage by Patrick McEwen. And finally, my favorite is The Wim Hof Method which involves a breathing technique followed by a cold shower. I found it life-changing. I would recommend it to absolutely anybody to try, and you do get used to the cold showers. If you're interested in any of those, pop on to bighappylife.co.uk and you'll find all the links there. There are many more mind mastery practices. I've shared a lot of them in earlier podcasts, and I've also talked about the ones I've mentioned here in earlier podcasts as well. But there is so much you can do that helps you build your systemic resilience. The basic thing to pay attention to is, do you feel like you have some say in what is passing through your mind and what effect it has on your decisions? And if not, then these types of practices can help you build that systemic resilience so that when the time comes that you need it, you know, I'm trained for this, I'm ready, I can do it. And I think there's a balance to be had between systemic 
and process of resilience. Because what I found is that when I face situations that were unpredictable to me and I wasn't prepared for, having that sense of trust in myself and the ability to know that whatever happens, I'm going to be okay, I will manage it, has made the stressful situation less stressful and also made me think more clearly about what options are available to me and what I needed to do. And I believe that thinking that way makes it easier for us to actually make use of the opportunities available to us in our stressful situations so that we can grow and develop that process of resilience. I think when you're freaking out and going, oh God, why me? What did I do to deserve this? I think that makes it harder to access the parts of you that are strong and that will get you through and that will grow and build and become something more, something better, something you're proud of as a result of the hardship and whatever it is that you've gone through. But when you know to look for that, to know that this thing you're facing is going to make you, it is going to build something, it is going to leave you with something you didn't have when it all started. When you know that, you know to look for it while you're in that whole mess. And when you're looking for it, you're far less likely to miss the opportunity. I also think it's a nice mind mastery tool when you're going through really hard stuff. I certainly find it really helpful when I'm going through stuff. And when I've spoken to my clients, when they're in the throes of difficult things, that feeling that they find when we have conversations and they walk away going, okay, I feel better. I feel stronger in myself. The situation they're facing seems to resize in their minds and they become more capable of holding it. And so I think when you can face the difficult stuff, knowing that it is giving you something and that you should search for whatever that is, you go into it differently and you behave differently whilst you're in it. And I think that allows us to come out with something that is more valuable and that we can add to our systemic resilience, something that we take into the next fight and the fight after that and the fight after that. And if we allow ourselves that, I think ultimately we can use whatever life has for us to build and contribute to that mastery. I found it to be an ongoing process. I doubt it'll ever be done, but I found that thinking this way just makes the whole thing feel better, feel worth it and feel like it has some kind of meaning. And for me, that makes it lighter. I hope it's helped for you. I hope it gives you something you can take into the next thing life has to offer you. And as always, I would absolutely love to hear more from you, hear more about your story, and hear more about how these two resilience types play out in your life. If you'd like to comment, visit bighappylife.co.uk or send me an email, natalie at bighappylife.co.uk and you can always find us at the Facebook group at Big Happy Life page. For now though, thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.